Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Uh, let me again just um, echo my welcome from earlier, especially to anyone that is joining us for the first time today. I know for some, uh, New Year, some new resolutions, and maybe for one, uh, for you, one of them is to find a faith community or a new faith community somewhere to be part of, and we're really glad that you came here today. Um, just We've had a big run into Christmas, and so for the next couple of weeks, some of our team are taking a bit of a break. So today's just the one day kids are staying in the service with us. There'll be a kids' holiday program back from next Sunday, but there are activity packs on the welcome desk. You can grab one for your kids, and I promise I won't preach for over an hour. Just... Uh, thinking all, all of you. Uh, and I'm glad you were here today though because uh, I'm actually having a break after today for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was meant to start my holidays at Christmas. We were going to drive to Tasmania as a family and um, obviously I'm not in Tasmania now and uh, that really came about because as I thought about crossing four state borders and the possibility of being quarantined in a tent with five children... Tasmania is meant to be heaven on earth. That sounded like anything but heaven. And so decided that the safer thing in the uncertainty of this season was to postpone our holiday till a later time. And so uh, I hung around for an extra week, but we're taking a bit of a break after today. So um, whatever it looks like for you over the next couple of weeks, uh, just to take a breath, get some rest and refreshment. If you get the chance to do that, uh, that is an awesome thing to do. Uh, we're starting a series through summer. We just call it Summer Psalms. And so everyone that's going to come and uh, preach over the next couple of weeks, and Jimmy's back next week bringing the message, which will be awesome, uh, just gets to speak into the Psalms. And it's New Year, right? Like, it's the time where... Well, I grew up and the Psalms were always the happy praise songs in church. You know, we sang lots of Psalms and they were always happy, joyful songs. And then uh, when I read the Psalms, I realised not all the Psalms were as happy and as joyful. But there's something about the new year, isn't it? It feels like we should speak about happiness and joy. There's something in our culture that seems to suggest that we always want people to feel up and good and optimism kind of flows with us, isn't it? When, when we greet someone, what do we say? G'day, how you doing? How you going? Um, when I say that as my greeting, I don't know another greeting. It's just the culture, the Aussie culture I've grown up in. G'day, how you going? I actually don't really want to know how you going. So I think we've taken it a next step where some of us now go, hey, how you going? Good? Like we add the answer to the end because we want to prompt that that's what we're looking for. Because we go, how you going? And someone goes, well, let me tell you about my week. Oh, 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 I think you've misunderstood my greeting. It's just what we say. How you going? Good. But then if someone says, if you say, hey, how you going? And they say, yeah, okay. We see that there's room for movement there, but we just, add, oh, good. And move on. There's something in it, isn't it? We, we like to live in the joy spaces and in the optimism and in the happiness. You know, if someone's really interested in knowing, they, they get rid of the Aussie, how are you going, which is one word for all the English teachers, and they say things like, how are, how are you going? Like the minute you expand the word, you know, they're actually interested in the question. How are you going? How are you really going? Something about that question that just suggests that we like the good news stories. We like when things are good and when things are joyful, but I think we all know that that isn't realistic in life, is it? 
the life isn't always filled with good. I actually wonder if we've taken that little cultural nuance and brought it into our faith, where we actually feel like part of being a Christian is always being good. Right? Because God is good, and so we as his people should always be good, happy, optimistic, filled with joy. Because that's part of the Christian life. Right? How are you going? You're a Jesus person. Well, I'm good. You know, I find myself every time I write an email to the church um, wrestling with how to start it because my natural inclination when I write an email is, hi everyone, hope you've had a great week. It's just like my, it's like that, g'day, how you going? It's the, I don't know how else to start an email because reality is, I do hope that you've had a great week, but I also know that when I send an email out to 300 people, that for some people that statement isn't true. It's actually been a terrible week, and it's like that as we come to a new year, isn't it? Some of you want to take a photo of 2021, whatever that looks like, and stick it on a wall in your home because it's just filled with incredible memories and just great moments and maybe some significant life change, some great achievements or a great transition. And if you look back at 2021 and someone says, what was last year like for you? You would say it was awesome. It was great. Capture it, put it in a bottle, let me have it again in 2022. Some of you got to New Year's Eve and you just could not wait to draw a line under that and turn the calendar. Anyone here like that? You don't need to show a few hands going up. But some of us just felt that. 2021 came into an end and we're like, oh, thank goodness. And then we woke up and 2022 was here and there's something in us that just goes, I really want this year to be a good year. But when we talk about that, we hope, not in the Christian hope, don't we? We do this, happy new year, I hope it's a great one. I'm not a prophet in this space right now, but I want to suggest that for some of us, 2022 is going to be one of the greatest years of our life. I want to pray that for you. I want to believe that for you. I want to just believe that some of you are just going to get to the end of this year and go, that was a cracker. But I'm also wise enough and smart enough and have also been in pastoral ministry long enough to know that some of you are going to get to the end of this year and wish that it never happened. Sorry just to speak some, oh, it's New Year's Day, it's meant to be a happy message. But there's just a reality that life has a way of doing that. That we just don't know what's around the corner. But we want to take this good, happy, yep, everything's alright with us in every circumstance. But if we're honest, we just know that life isn't always like that, that in reality, life brings pain and suffering and sickness and loss and brokenness and rejection. And that's just the experience of life and relationship with one another. Reality is though, we take some of those things and many of us experience that in our relationship with God. But we don't ever feel like we can talk about that. It's where I want to just help us understand that what the Psalms do for us is not only give us great words of joy, but give us great words of lament. In my many years following Jesus, this was one thing that I really missed. The Psalms are always the happy songs of the Bible until you start to read them and realise that just as many Psalms start in lament as start in joy and celebration. And I don't want us to lose sight though of what this means because God in his inspired word, in other words, the word that he intended for you to have 
to learn of him and engage with him and grow in him. God, in his inspired word, allowed some songs, some psalms, some pieces of poetry to be put in that inspired word that aren't all filled with joy, happiness and optimism. They're actually just dripping with lament. The psalms give us an invitation to an honest walk before God. So the title of my message today, and I I didn't really know what to title it, but is this, Lament, but don't land in lament. I was just going to call it Don't Land in Lament, but then it just felt like I was just suggesting that lament shouldn't be something that we do. But I want to suggest that what the Psalms tell us is that it's really okay and actually desirable to have an honest dialogue with God. Psalm 77. Can you imagine saying this? to the creator of the heavens and the earth. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out untiring hands and wait for it, and I would not be comforted. I mean, that is a lament. God, I just cried out to you day and night. I asked you to hear me in the midst of my distress. I sought you and nothing else. And guess what? I wasn't comforted. Psalm 44, this is where like someone's getting really cranky with God. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Anyone ever felt like yelling that at God? Are you listening? Are you with me? Can you wake up? Almost feels like the kind of thing we should never say, isn't it? But in the Psalms, awake, Lord, why do you sleep? The writer of the Psalm says. Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? God gives us permission to pray and yell and cry and speak some really honest prayers of reflection to him. And he wants to let you know it's okay because he's put it in his word that's in your hand. Now, now, if you weren't convinced that it was still okay to lament, let me take you to one of the most enduring pictures of Jesus on the cross. Like, we know if you look into the crucifixion narrative that it, it probably sums up the worst possible experience that any human could possibly walk through. Like, all of the emotional turmoil of the cross for Jesus, of rejection and abandonment and neglect and physical abuse, and mental torture, and like just his friends abandoned him. Like he was stripped naked, like it was humiliating. There was all the emotional toll of the cross, let alone the physical toll of being beaten and mocked and having thorny bush driven into his skull and being whipped and then being hung on a rugged piece of wood that was designed to be the most painful form of death. Like Jesus isn't happy having a good day and so on the cross Jesus decides to go to the Psalms and he doesn't yell from the cross, you know, the trees of the field will clap their hands. Jesus echoes these words which I think we've turned into some bad theology at times but if you want to find Jesus' inspiration for these words, go and find Psalm 22. Because in Psalm 22, the psalmist writes this, my God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? 
The psalmist goes on to say this, Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. And Jesus in his worst moment, hung on a cross, bearing the weight of your sin, yells out the words of a song that he would have been familiar with as someone that would have studied the ancient scriptures and says in that moment, I'm going with what David said. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God's all right with lament. And it's all right for you right now to choose lament. God invites us into an honest dialogue with him. Whatever you've been taught or encouraged in your Christian walk that suggests that you should always be up and always happy and always filled with optimism. There's some truth in that because God is faithful, but it's okay to lament. And so the title of my message is Lament. Lament. I want to give you permission to lament. But don't land in lament. When you read the Psalms, there's an interesting pattern that emerges. Sometimes we, we read them like someone sat down and written the Psalms in one sitting. It's kind of like, oh, I want to just knock out a good song today, and so they write it. Whereas the Psalms are probably more like a journal that's kind of captured over a season of time. You know, a song that charts the season of somebody's life. And in many of the Psalms, you see a move from lament or, or disorientation. I can't make sense of the world. I can't make sense of what's going on in my circumstances. I can't find God in the midst of what's happening. That is lament. The world sucks, and God, I don't understand what you're doing right now. But the Psalms often then move us to a place of, out of disorientation, back into being reoriented into the understanding of who God is and God's faithfulness and God's goodness. And so as you read the Psalms and you sit in the lament, the lament doesn't end the Psalm most of the time. The lament actually moves us into a place of rediscovering something of the nature of God, of his past actions, of his future hope that can get lost in the midst of our lament. So I want to say this, lament, but don't land in the lament. Let me take you to Psalm 13 as an example. It's here where we'll Kind of land in the Psalms today. Psalm 13 from the start. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? The psalmist starts in lament. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. Or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. That is a lament. But the psalm doesn't end there. It goes on. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. And I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So if lament is your heart language right now, I want to encourage you though that lament is not the place that we're invited to land. You see, I reckon there's a whole bunch of reasons that some of us choose to land in lament. Let me just give you a couple of quick ones this morning. Some of us land in lament because we lose hope. 
Yeah, our story's been so marked by lament, we actually just get so used to it that we just decide that that's all that life has for me. I just want to say to you this morning, if you've lost hope, God is the God of hope. Don't land in lament. There's some stories in the early life of Israel where some people chose to live in the story of lament. If you're familiar at all with the early part of the scriptures, God, let me just give you a quick catch up, 60 seconds. God chooses to reveal himself initially through a group of people, the people of Israel. And his plan was always to reveal himself to all people through Jesus. But God starts by picking this nation that was really a nation of nobodies. They, they didn't even have a, a, a place to kind of call their own in their early days. But God chooses to reveal himself by appearing to this man named Abraham who becomes the nation of Israel. And, but Israel finds themselves enslaved to this great giant power of the day in Egypt. And as people, they just lived in oppression. They lived uh, doing hard labour for the Egyptians. And so as a group of people, they had no identity because in the ancient world, identity was linked to land. It was linked to a place to settle your feet. So as a group of people, they didn't have the identity that every other nation had. And God said to them, though, I promise you, I'm going to give you a land and a hope and a future. See, God's promise and God's faithfulness said, right now, life is awful, but I actually have a great future story for you that's going to give you a hope and a future and an identity. It's going to be found in me and it's going to be grounded in your own home. And there's this whole bunch of miracles that happens where God actually releases this oppressed group of people from slavery in Egypt and leads them towards what the Bible talks about as the promised land. In other words, he's going to take them from slavery with no identity, living under someone else's rule with oppression. He's going to take them and make them their own nation and give them their own land. But on the journey there, they get stuck in a desert for 40 years. Partly because the desert was part of the journey to the promised land, but partly too because of the decisions that the people of Israel made on the way there. It wasn't a 40-year journey through the desert. They just made it a 40-year journey. But there's a few things that happen in the desert narrative of people that actually lose hope that God actually has a better future and they choose to land their story in lament. In the book of Numbers, in chapter 13, I think it is, if you want to read it later. But, but the, the leaders of the community send out some people into the promised land to scope out the land and to see whether it's all that God had promised. And so these spies go out into the promised land, the land of Canaan. They go over and they scope it out and they check it out and they come back from Canaan and everyone says what was it like was it all that God said it was and they said it was all that he said it was it's flowing with milk and honey and agricultural goodness and there's you know incredible kind of vineyards it's just it's a beautiful place it's all that God said it was but the people there the people there are giants there's no way that we could ever take them on there's no way that we could ever defeat them and so people started to moan and whinge and complain because why would God lead them here for them only to be crushed as they go to take hold of the promises that he had for them? And so people make a decision then that we don't want to move into God's promised land. We want to make our home in the desert. See, they choose to land in lament because they lost hope. A little bit further on, two of the tribes of Israel actually say, we've become so familiar with living in the desert. We're pretty comfortable here. Can we make our home here? The tribes of Reuben and Gad say, can we actually make our home on the east of the Jordan River. They didn't even cross into the land that God had promised for them because they became so familiar with their surroundings that they chose to camp themselves in the land of lament and in the desert as opposed to move into the promised future that God had for them. And I just want to say to you, if it's hope that you've lost, don't camp yourself in the desert. Because whatever God's promised, God is always faithful to his promises. 
But here's the thing, we live in a culture that suggests the things that we're promised should come about easy, right? We buy things now and pay for them later, we get things when we want them and sort out the details later, but sometimes the thing that God has for you doesn't just happen. Sometimes it's going to take you to step into it and face some of the giants along the way, but trust that if God has promised it, he'll be faithful in delivering it. So some of us land in lament because we lose hope. Others land in lament, I'm careful how I say this, because we've allowed lament to become our identity. I once heard this described of someone, not here, so don't think, is that me he's talking about? I once heard someone described as this, that person's not happy unless they've got something to be unhappy about. Think of anyone like that. It doesn't matter what it is. The only time they actually ever feel filled with purpose and joy and motivation is when they've got something to complain about or be unhappy about. You see, some people make lament their identity, where all of us are invited into the narrative of lament. Some of us have lived there that long that we actually don't know how to step out of it. And one of the disciplines the Psalms encourages towards isn't just to constantly let lament be the thing that comes from our lips, but let praise, thanksgiving, gratitude, and sometimes just calling on God's faithfulness and history in our past to remind us of his goodness for our future. See, if we just land in lament and only let the words of lament be the thing that comes from our mouth, we will lose hope. And so I want to encourage you that if lament is where you are right now, one of the patterns the Psalms gives us, and there's no formulas, but regularly the psalmist, as they write their words of lament, say, but I call to mind God's great deeds. Yet I think on all that he has done. Yet I am reminded of the way God, yet I remind God of the way he's moved in our past. Now one of the ways that we help our heart not land in lament and allow lament to become our identity is actually to allow our, word, our mouth to speak words that in the current circumstances don't always make sense. But let the words of your mouth speak to the truth of who God is and his faithfulness. So lament doesn't become your identity. And thirdly, some of us land in lament because we don't do the wrestle with God that lament invites. Some of us lament because God is beyond our comprehension and understanding. His ways are above our ways. His timing is different to our timing. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And one day is like a thousand years. In other words, God does some stuff that you don't understand. And sometimes the only way we can make sense of the moment is to trust that God's perspective is different to ours. To trust that he is God and you are not. To trust that sometimes his timing makes sense even though right now, if you were God, you'd be doing it differently. But from what I know of all of you, I'm really glad none of you are God. As I really hope that you're glad that I'm not. Because his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his timing is impeccable even if it doesn't make sense. And sometimes lament just reminds us of the pain of humanity and of the brokenness of life and of the consequence of sin. And while none of us would choose to live in lament, lament invites us to do a wrestle with God and to walk out the other side richer for the experience. Now one of the most misquoted Bible verses, well not misquoted but misapplied Bible verses 
Just let me give you a little pastoral care 101. When someone's walking through lament, don't send them a crochet that says God thing, God works thing, all things together for good according to his purpose. It's true. But in the midst of our pain, we don't want to believe that anything good could come of what we walk through. But God has an incredible way of actually taking the pain of our lament and turning it into something beautiful. Doesn't mean he created it, but he has a way of restoring and redeeming that which is broken. That's just part of what he does. So where are we starting 2022? Bring my two messages today together. The word for us is hopeful. But I also want to give you an invitation in 2022 to do an honest journey with God. And when it's time to lament, God's big enough to deal with it. He actually permits, he permissions you to be honest before him. What he desires the most is for real, vulnerable, authentic, honest relationship with him. He's not scared of your lament. He won't run away with you because of your lament. At times he may readjust your attitude when he needs to because of your lament. But we're invited to lament. But we're also reminded through the journey of the Psalms that lament is not the place that we should land. That the place that we should land is with God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's always coming through on his promises, and God's love. And so church, happy new year. Whatever 2022 holds for you, and holds for us, let's be reminded that God is good, God is gracious, and God is faithful. I reckon we just might pray to end today. How's that sound? Then go enjoy some time together. Hey, God, I just want to thank you that what you invite us into is an authentic, vulnerable, honest relationship with you. Thank you that in the songs of the scripture, in the Psalms, in in the great ancient songwriters and poets, Lord, we're given the invitation to come before you honestly, to bring our hurt, our pain, our concern, and to lament before you. And God, for those here today that 2022 has started and right now where they sit is in a place of pain or disorientation, Lord, I just want to pray that you would minister to them because you are faithful and you are good. Lord, help them just to come before you honestly. But God, I want to pray that as we lament, that we wouldn't learn to live and land in lament. That we would always be reminded that regardless of the circumstances of this life, that you have always proven to be good. That you've always proven to be faithful. And that you've always proven to be for us. So Lord, together as a church, we just want to commit uh, the year ahead to you whatever celebrations, whatever heartache, Lord, we walk forward with you, knowing that you will go before us. And so we commit this year to you in the name of Jesus. Let's all together say, Amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.